What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. The Offspring, bringing us into episode 86. Cannot believe. Every week, I just can't believe how far we've come with this thing. Just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more and more top-notch guests. And uh, it's all because of you listeners supporting us on Patreon and subscribing to the show. And we appreciate all you guys. So let's talk about our sponsors real quick. You guys know what's up. Shock Socks, the original number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about shock socks. Or go to burnmotorsports.com, and you can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for a new set of graphics, you need to get with Charlene at MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. She can do pretty much any custom idea you can think of and do it at a great price. Contact Charlene at char at mxgirl.com. Guys, always remember that the girl is spelled with a U. And follow her on Instagram. Tell her the Moto X Pod show sent you. Also, when riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Wesson Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joey Savacci, Alex Ray, and Major League Baseball players, NFL players, and pro bull riders all trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbrace.guy on Instagram. Or email me at darksidemx3 at aol.com. Also, the last of our sponsors right now is the is Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. And you know that Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Madjack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow them on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy and Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. Guys, if you own a business and you want to support the Moto X Pod Show, hit us up because we, uh, we were more than happy to take on some more sponsors. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. Let us know what's up. TJ, what's up, dude? What's up, man? So what'd you do this weekend? I was on call, so I didn't do much anything other than cut up some trees that I fell. Got, I just wanted to rub it oh, in. I got, got the race. race. I got the race yeah. this week, I, and I actually got the best result I've ever had on the one on the one twenty five. I got fourth, and almost. I'm talking about into the last corner, just wide open, trying to get that. Almost got a third, which I was so excited. Well, and John's laughing. John, John Moeller's in studio too, and John and I know that there was you got fourth, but there was only three in your class. Oh no, actually there was a there was a lot of guys in that <laughs> open amateur class. Yeah. I think there was like eight or wait. But JT got seven, so I think there was like nine guys. So I got third, uh, third first moto, and or something. Anyway, I got fourth overall. Whatever it was, I was excited. Wrong with that? That's sweet, man. Yeah, I didn't get to ride. I was on call for work. But while you're working next week, I will be at Three Palms on Saturday racing, and then the Friday after that, I will be racing at Millville, and the Sunday after that, I will be racing at Millville. Are you taking off next week because there's no race? Do what now? Are we? Yeah. No, we're doing a show Monday because I'm leaving Tuesday. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
Yep, yep. Just tell but John we'll, about we'll, that. Hey, we'll John, post, show I, Monday. I told him, but I, we're going to post here. it Tuesday as normal. But, yeah, we'll do a show Monday, and we're leaving out with Mayo and headed to Millville Tuesday night. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So let's do a little more. we got a little more business to take care of. Um, you guys know all about the GNC finals. I'm sure you followed it. It's a huge series. It's been around for a long time. The finals are coming up at Oak Hill um, in just a couple weeks. I'm pulling all the information up real quick on my phone. But um, – Kevin, Kevin Coleman with uh, Oak Hill wanted us to get with you guys and you know let you know, hey, the 42nd Annual Fly Racing International Motocross Final, GNC Finals, are coming up. Uh, it will be July 21st, Saturday, July 21st, and all racing will be done on Sunday, July 22nd. So I'm just going to read this to you guys. We feel it is necessary to change the dates, because if you guys didn't know, the, the dates were earlier in the week. But we feel it necessary to change the dates, lower the entry and camping fees in order to put on the best event possible. Practice will now be held on Saturday, July 21st, and all racing will be done on Sunday, July 22nd. Full gate rebate. If a class has 20 registered riders at the gate drop of Moto 1, we will draw names and return the entry fee for that class up to five riders. If there's 30 racers entered, they'll draw and give the entry fee back to seven riders. And if 40 guys sign up for a class, they'll draw and give the entry fee back to 10 riders. So you could potentially race for free, which I like. Everybody likes free. Yeah, that's awesome. I really like free. Too bad I'm working. I would just go sign <laughs> yeah, up. Know, <laughs> just for a chance. Just right. Gamble for free. Yeah. But man, this you know this is a pretty historic series. Uh, you know, I think the the entries have been down a little bit and. You know they want it. They want to get the numbers up, man. If you guys have any chance to get out to Oak Hill on uh, July 21st and July 22nd and show up and show some support of our sport, get out there, race are really cool. There's gonna be a lot of fast guys, a lot of slow guys. We need to we need to show Oak Hill what's up with the new owners and you know have a good turnout. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because for many years I've announced that race yeah. and I've got to watch. Watch it kind of fall off. I, I, I don't know why, but it picked up last year. It wasn't as bad off as it was the year before. I think motocross was hurting in general. So um, I'm hoping he's just being a little gun-shy, making it small. I hope it's too much for him to handle. So then that just means it's growing more and more. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't mean – I'm not wishing bad upon him. I'm no, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I hope that he's – he's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like – He's looking at the glass half empty right now, just being concerned. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, you know, there'll be two thousand people show up. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. Let's have, let's have a thousand entries, like a uh, like a works race or something. That'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it, what else you got to do that weekend? Go race. Yeah, I don't think there's much going on. So everybody local, especially in this the Northeast Texas, Oklahoma, Houston, Louisiana, all that area, head out there. I mean, it's still a GNC final. If you win that, you still have that. GNC final first place plaque to throw on your wall. Hell yeah. So, John, John, what are you doing? doing? (laughs) I knew you guys were going to put me (laughs) on the spot. Um, I actually would like to make it out there on that Friday. I'm starting the rebuild on my bike, getting ready for Loretta's. We're actually in that region, though, and the plan is if we can get it together, go practice Saturday and race on Sunday. Okay, cool, cool. Test the bike out, make sure it's good to go. Yep, test it out under some good sandy conditions. Hell yeah. So then also, you guys have heard me talk about the helmet that we're giving away for weeks now. You know, Fly donated a helmet. Kirk Hunter Extreme Colors is painting it for free. Uh, I should pick that thing up. I believe I'm picking it up this Sunday. I'm taking it with me to Millville, and we will probably do like an Instagram Live or something like that to reveal the helmet and draw a name. I think uh, hopefully Blake Baggett's going to draw the name for us. 
So if you guys want to enter to win this free custom painted helmet, you have to either contact me on my email, darksidemx3, contact me on Instagram, contact me somehow on the show, Instagram, whatever, and let me know that you heard about the helmet giveaway. So all I got to do is say, hey, I heard about it on the show. I'll put you in the drawing. If you have signed up for Patreon, you get three tr- chances in the drawing. So, yeah, man, just let me know because we want to get all the, everybody to get a chance to win this thing. I know we've got a lot of listeners. We're we having somewhere near almost 3,000 downloads a week right now, but I don't have 3,000 entries into this helmet deal. So I'd like to get, get those numbers up. So get them in, man. Let me know, and I'll get you in. Maybe you'll win a helmet. TJ, what do you think? I'm, I'm Instagram for yeah, the show. Yeah, Talk cool. to John. I'm trying to work here. John, what do you think? Well, you, do you want to win paycheck. a free custom painted helmet? I would love to win a free custom painted helmet. Wait, How do we is do he? That wait, again? hold on, hold on. I, you got my attention here. He's in the drawing, but I can't be. I just asked if he would want to win. Oh. I didn't say he was, but he's. Not I like free. Tech, well, I mean, I, at this point, he's kind of part of the show. Does residing in the studio? Make yeah, he, part he of the sleeps show? in the studio. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been when putting we're in not more recording time the than show. Y'all. John's sleeping and recording porn in the studio. And we got the. He said he said he's got the the fold out casting couch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I mean, hell, I would have loved to have been able to win a helmet. You know, I don't get to win things anymore on other pod podcasts. Oh, listen to you pout. I'm not pouting. This is God. It's just sad. What is? I'm not pouting. Didn't you have a scandal <laughs> on there? Yes. It wasn't a scandal. Okay. <laughs> so, since in case you don't know, I got I called in. Mathis asked for the. I don't know why we're talking about this skin, but Mathis asked for the. Hey, the third caller wins a, a Works Connection Elite Perch. So I called and Mark's answered the phone. I said, Hey, he said, Who? You know, he always said, Who is this? This dark side, and I'm the third caller. And he said, Well, actually, you are. So. He told Mathis, you know, he didn't. I didn't go on air. He just told Mathis, "Hey, Darkside won." And Mathis was, well, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, can he win?" And that night, Kiefer and Heather were in studio, and he asked them their opinions. And Heather said, "I don't feel like he should win. He's part of the show." Heather threw you under the bus, and it was kind of unanimous. I think they all felt that way, and that was fine. I mean, no big deal. So I didn't. I ended up not winning, which was cool. No big deal. I'm, I'm cool. You know why he thinks it's cool? Because he thinks it's super cool that they think he's too cool to win. That's what it is. <laughs> I hope to be in the cool guy club one day. Yeah, I, I can win anything on there. I'm, I'll, they have no clue who I am. Right. Uh, but I'll make, I make sure I have to, every time you call in, I, I'll text Mark. Says, that was RTJ. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing that matters. When you call in with a dumb question. Hey, I always call in with dumb questions. <laughs> I like I can't call in unless I have a dumb question. Right, right. There you go. I just tried my best to piss off Mathis just to see. Yeah. Like asking him about the amateur situation. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why I had Ryder D call in last week or the week before. Whatever. I noticed like, yeah. that. I was like, call in because you know Mathis' opinion is going to change if Ryder calls in and says he's a fan. Right. No doubt about it. All right. So, 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 hey, tonight on the show, you want to you read the guest list off? Do you even know the guest list tonight? Uh, yeah, I know that we have Heel. Who? I mean, uh, what's nope. his Nope. He, nope. He's calling for something else? No, no Justin Hill. No, Justin. He, oh, it's, wait he a was going to be our intro song. I thought you're Justin, so he, confused. I'm so confused. We talked about this two weeks ago, and you and you were like, "Yeah, I want to. I want to be a part of that." And you don't have a clue what, what's going on. I don't even remember, dude. All right, so Benny Bloss. I know Bloss is coming in. Yeah, I knew that. Barsh is going to be on, and um, Krantz. Brian Krantz, who's Eli Tomax's yep. mechanic, and then Aiden Kiefer, son of Chris Kiefer, is going to come Barsha, on. Barsha, I don't know why I said he. Oh, he'll yeah. because of the song. Yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. Barsha's coming in because he's a car guy. But Barsha, if you guys haven't heard, we started a new segment that we're dropping on Thursdays called The Podium. We've dropped one so far with Adam Ciancerillo, and we're going to record More one to tonight come. with Barsha 
And that'll drop in a few weeks. You won't hear that on this show, but we're also going to get him on the talk for a few minutes about some other things. Just about cars. Well, that's what the podium's going to be about. That's all so I care about. stuff away. That's secret. They have to care. listen to the episode to know what the topic they're, is. They're, they're going to be sitting on like sitting on their hands just waiting to, to, to download it and listen. That's what's going to happen now. See? I'm building the hype. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we got Barshawn for a little bit tonight. Brian Krantz, Aiden Kiefer, and Benny Bloss. That's going to be the show tonight. And I'm ready to get into this thing. So, uh, Redbud, what do you guys think? The track was so gnarly. John and I were watching First Moto or, uh, earlier, and it was, it was gnarly when First Moto hit. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. For I, some reason, I don't remember it being that rutted and gnarly in the past. I, I don't either. Especially like I guess there's like what the top of the I guess what they were talked about in the and like the like we just talking about the top of the track was was more like how I remember the whole track. I don't remember it getting that deep. Um, I don't think I could have ridden it. Like literally, I do not <laughs> yeah. think I could have ridden that fun. track. No. no, I have to say I did Red Bud in 2012 and. Uh, Probably the deepest, roughest track I've ever seen in my whole life. Really, definitely. Well, the braking we bumps were so big, I didn't think my motorcycle could go through them. The why does it? Why is that everybody's favorite track then? Because that sounds miserable. I feel like if you're a good rider, which I was not riding very well then, <laughs> um, you could have fun. But yeah. I personally had a miserable time. At yeah, it sounds miserable. Like, Maybe it's just the weekend and the atmosphere. I over think that's the track. a big part of the it. The atmosphere yeah. is is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, because I've heard other people say that Millville is a better track. As far yeah, as I like, hear that too. That's Millville really, actually is a fun track. To I'm ride. really excited yeah. about racing there. Oh yeah, you get to race there. Yeah, <clears throat> but no, the racing was good this weekend, and we had a little bit. Some kind of, I think, a points change. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, let's. We we got about ten minutes before Benny's supposed to be on, so let's talk about. There's two or three big events that happened. So first of all, Eli lost the points lead. God, what just are your thoughts? Didn't see that coming. I I didn't expect maybe perfect season out of him like everybody else. Right. Was. We all made jokes about that, but I did not expect it to like one weekend to go from just fell apart. Just fell apart. Which unfortunately, like I, you know. We've seen that happen with Eli in the past in Supercross. Something goes wrong. He has a crash. You know, he and I talked about maybe taking too long to get going sometimes. Little things seem to happen, and he kind of gets a bad rap, and I don't really know that it's fair. But, look, the, it wasn't his fault the bike right. blew up or whatever. There was a mechanical. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't any, you know, it that happens. It's mechanics. You know, and then he came out, and he crashed a couple times again, which same thing happened to Southwick. He, he hit the ground a couple times. It's motocross. Riders make mistakes. He's one of the fastest riders in the world. He's on, you know, on that edge. He, it yeah. happens. He crashes. It, it oh, you know, when you kind of, you can go and say, oh, well, he he just he fell apart. He, you know, mentally he broke down. I doubt that's what happened. I think he's just pushing. The track and, was just and then so once gnarly. He cra- Yeah, the track's gnarly. Once he crashed a couple times, he probably or you know, he's like, hey, all right, it's time to back it down. There's still a lot of races left. I don't feel like Eli has mentally imploded or whatever. He's probably hey, it's time to back it down. Redbud wasn't his day. Let's come back at Millville and Well, we were watching it and we talked about watching Muskin, how he hops through stuff and jumps yes. through stuff. And Tomac doesn't. Tomac right. like muscles through things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm just wondering and I don't know, John may be able to fill in on this, especially since you coach kids and all that stuff. But when you have that situation where you have a rider who who doesn't finesse the track? Does that rough track make it harder for him to go? Fight? You get what I'm saying? Like make you get what I'm trying to get at? Definitely. So, uh, like we were watching earlier, Muskan tends to finesse the track and flow around, whereas Tomac just goes at it 
More crazy ball speed, kind of like a bulldozer, I would say. And I think for him, he's good whenever he has that focus. But uh, once the focus is broken, it it tends to kind of fall apart and come unraveled. Yeah, because, I mean, just watching watching the race, like I said, he just completely, like, he looked like he was going to complete control the first moto. So you would think the second moto, he'd be able to come back out and get right back to that. But like you said, the focus was gone. The lost a bunch of points lead. I guess all of us riders are a bit of a head case. You know what I mean? Like very few people can come back from something, you know what I mean? Like instantly, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, if I crash in the middle of a race, it takes a while to get going. You try to, you know, I'm not in good shape, so I'm trying to catch yeah. my breath. It takes a minute to restart the bike. It takes a second to compose yourself. You want to make sure the bike's not tore up. Right. I mean, we didn't see Eli's crash. So I don't know how bad it was. And you know, well, he he did have the clutch. I think the clutch lever issue. Right. You know, and and Eli is a picky rider. I think he things have to be in a certain position for. He's not going to step out of his comfort zone. He's just not. He's mm. not going to push. He's it. definitely a bit neurotic with his bike setup. Uh, the it looked like he pulled into the mechanics area, second moto, to adjust the front brake lever. I don't think that, especially in the last 15 years, we've seen a championship caliber rider pull in to to throw a T-handle on there and bring the brake lever up. Well, and it's one of those deals, like, I guess for our generation, we're used to watching Carmichael, who the bike could have been... I mean, the bars could have been wrapped around the tank, and he'd have been sending it. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how I look at it. I'm like, I remember, I remember that, and so I guess in a way, we all kind of expect that to at some point. Well, yeah, and as fans and media, we all I think expect superhuman things out of these riders at all times. You know, if you're not winning, you suck. If you crash. You you know whatever you're out of control or you're hit your mental case. You know, it I, I don't think we are fair that these people are human. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, really no doubt. I, I can do that. You should have seen me ride this weekend. I was railing, so I mean I can say <laughs> right. what I want. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> All right, so we got about five more minutes. Let's talk about. There's a couple other major things. There are big moments. I think one of them was uh, Aaron Plessinger and Austin Fortner. Thoughts. Go ahead, man. Uh, I loved it. It made me happy <laughs> just seeing uh, – it, it was a racing incident yes, to me. I agree. But uh, Fortner did take a little shot at Plessinger a couple turns before. And to me, if you're going to take a shot like that, you better pull a rabbit out of your hat. Number one, you have to defend your insides yeah. for probably close to a lap. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't pull a move like that and then go wide against one of the best riders in the class two turns later because – you're going to get the business. He had to have seen him coming. So he, Fortner just, which I don't know if it's right or wrong, Fortner just said, I'm taking this line and expected, I, I, guess, I mean, that line from the inside went to the wall every time. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't understand. I guess he thought he could squeeze in there. I think so. And if you notice, whenever Fortner went inside on Plessinger, he, Plessinger checked up a little bit. And I think that's an experience thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Forkner hit Plessinger's rear wheel wide open. Yeah, he, both <laughs> wheels off the ground. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. I mean, I don't know what was going through either one of their minds. It's you just you don't know, but it, it was a racing incident. Definitely didn't feel like it was dirty. No, I don't think it was dirty. Right. No, no I, just some good action. Like I said, it, it pumped me up just because it's like, wow, that's yeah, that's yeah. racing. I haven't listened to any of the other pods yet. I was saving them for my drive out to West Texas tonight, but. 
I don't think anybody really that I've heard. No, I think that's pretty local. It's all okay. It was racing. Is yeah, I think, and even Austin, I think at least openly to the public has said, you know, it, yeah, he's not mad about it. So that, that's good. All right, we don't really have time to get into any more of that. Let's take our first break, and we'll get Benny on. All right, guys, we are back, and our first guest of the night is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. If you don't like replacing fork seals, ask your local dealer about Shock Socks or go to BermMotorsports.com. Our first guest of the night is Rocky Mountain ATV MC KTM WPS number 60, Benny Bloss. What's up, Benny? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Dude, we're, we're excited to have you. Um, you're, you're definitely a guy that we've uh, wanted to get in touch with for a long time, and I finally got a chance to talk to you at Muddy Creek, and I really appreciate you being willing to give out your phone number to a stranger. Yeah, for sure. Especially at the dark side. I always say, every, all your riders are crazy giving those numbers out to this weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benny, man. Any chance to get on the podcast is uh, always a good one. Yeah, man. Well, we, we appreciate it. We enjoy doing this, and uh, we love hearing you when you're on Pulp. So t- the fact that you're willing to come on our little show is pretty great. Dude, you had a, uh, a pretty up and down, extremely up and a little bit down uh, Red Bud, man. Tell us about just, hell, your first podium, though. I mean, you know, third. Yeah, it was, uh, it was insane. I had the best moto of my life as well as the worst moto of the year um, in the same day this year, which is a bummer, but no, the first moto was sick. I actually, so I started out the moto by, I was pretty stoked because I threw a pretty big heel clicker on the leaf on the sight lap. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And I was so like pumped on that, that two corners later, later also on the sight lap, I fell in the corner before the finish line. So it was up and down from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and awesome. All the, all the fans around were just, like, screaming when I fell. And so I was – I didn't want to be that guy that was, like, embarrassed. So I was, like, fist-pumping to it. Like, right, right. Too. That's- and then the moto just – I didn't really get that great of a start, but pretty good for me, I would say. And just made some good work the few first laps and – I was doing everything I could to stay in front of Marvin. I could see him um, catching me uh, each lap and then he ended up passing me. And I was like, okay, fourth place is still really good. Just stay strong, try and stay on to Marvin as long as I could. And then I think it was two laps to go maybe. I saw Eli on the side of the track and I was just like, okay. <laughs> I knew Barsha was back there, but I'm like, whatever it takes, I have to, I have to get this. So to be able to do it there was, was pretty pretty awesome especially with it being all about like america and yeah <laughs> yeah crazy. america, america yeah. I love it. there's a lot of hype around red uh, red bud right now so yeah that's that was pretty uh, pretty awesome really stoked to see you get that so when you when you come up and you see eli you know off the track or you know he's definitely obviously out of the race at that point in the moto is it easy for you to get a little second wind with, with seeing that oh for sure it was <laughs> I had a pretty big gap on Barsha, I think, and so I knew kind of what I had to do. But honestly, when I went by Eli at first, I was like, that looked a lot like him, but surely not. And right. I came back around, and my mechanic had P3 on the board, and I was like, okay, that was him for sure. Just give it everything I had. It was, you know, basically a lap and a half from the time I passed Eli, so 
not too much longer left in the race. So did it change it, your did it like change your riding style or what you're doing? Were you, was there more intensity or did you worry about line choices more or anything? I would say I worried about line choices more. I don't think my intensity was really any higher. Um, maybe more careful um, than I had been the laps before. I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little tired, and so it was hard. That track was pretty gnarly, and the lines kind of changed basically every lap. So just tried to honestly do like mainly outside lines from there. Yeah, like the smart choices and rode her on in. Well, we were we had asked about that. Or we had talked about that earlier about how rough the track was, and you've been there a few years racing as a pro. Has it always from TV? It looked way worse than it has in years past. Yeah. See, I I haven't got to watch it on TV yet, um, but my dad was telling me that it was the gnarliest track he'd ever seen, and I'd had a couple other people tell me it was the the same thing. And yeah, like there were sections of it that were really really bad. But then other sections were really good and they were fine. Um, to me, Southwick was four hundred times worse. <laughs> like, and I watched Southwick on TV and it didn't even it didn't look very bad. Right. It like, it almost made me angry because I was out there struggling at Southwick and people were like, "Oh, that track wasn't even it wasn't even very rough." But, yeah, I would. I'd agree. Just watching it on TV, Southwick just looked like Southwick. It was just oh, it was a sandy track. But yeah, Redbud looked miserable. Yeah, yeah. There were some of the downhills were pretty gnarly with just massive braking bumps and holes. But overall, I'd say I almost think 2016 when I raced Redbud was rougher. Wow. Yeah, it, you just don't get a fair view of it when you're watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say the track was better this year. So. Okay, cool. Overall. Definitely. Hey, Benny, John here. Uh, I noticed this year, you know, it's only one of your, about your, what, your second year in the pros, but uh, you've, you've taken a major step up as far as the results. Is there one thing you could kind of nail down that you feel like has, has made a big difference for you? Um, it's kind of hard to nail down one thing. I'd say maybe consistency, um, like with training and everything. I, uh, I came into the Supercross season injured and then I injured myself again at the first round. And then from then on out, I just tried to take it a little slower and, um, make sure all my training was smart. And in the past I've been, even when I get tired, I just keep going and then maybe that would result in a crash and then another injury compared to now i'm a little bit smarter with everything and when i'm not feeling it at all it's you know it's it's one day one moto yeah and i'll be fine to miss it um but then sometimes you got to push it as well sure to get through those definitely when you have race days when you're off and i don't know everything just seems to be going smooth and training and the races have just gotten better and better and better yeah, I mean, it looks like in 2016 you were a fill-in, you know, and then really this year has been probably the first year where you've really you've had the most you've been in the most races. You you haven't really had as many injuries this year. Um, Supercross is good for you. You know, outdoors is going really good for you. Is being on a team and you know, like like uh, Rocky Mountain and not being a fill-in does that really help your confidence? I'm, obviously, it's a stupid question, but yeah. 
how, what does that do for you? Knowing that you're on a team that supports you and that you're, you know, you're the main, one of the main guys, you and Blake are the two guys on that team. Yeah, no, it's a huge confidence booster. Um, in 2016, like going into the season, I was just like, you kind of doubt yourself mm-hmm. um, compared to now. It's like, and even honestly, even in the beginning of Supercross this year, I doubted myself a little bit, but I think once you kind of establish yourself as like one of the guys, um, everything comes easier. But as far as like the team stuff, I've been on Rocky Mountain now um, for three. This is this would be my third year or mm-hmm. two and a half years. Right. Um, and just it's it's super nice that I know everyone on the team. I'm very comfortable with everyone on the team. Everyone's friendly and and everyone is truly there to. They're there to better you um, and help the best they can, and I'd say it's one of the best teams in the in the pits, if not the best. And um, just everyone worked really, really good together. If everybody we've talked to around that team or whatever kind of has the same sentiment towards the team. Uh, what are you contracted for them next year, or do you how? Where are you with that? Um, I currently do not have anything um, for next year. I've uh, I've talked to them a little bit, but uh, as of right now, I'm not locked into anything. Um, trying to get the results a little better, so hopefully I can uh, land something. Well, I mean, you're, you're seventh in points. So that's pretty <laughs> damn good. Pretty good. And honestly, TJ, you said you haven't listened to Pulp last night, but no. Mathis, and he asked JT about that, you know, and I know I know that, you know, JT's with WPS, big right. part of that team, and they obviously want to keep you. So I, I would believe that they're going to get that worked out and get you locked in, you and Blake be on the team for a couple more years because uh, that, that team's going to do nothing but improve with the two of you. I mean, you, you guys are obviously two of the best riders in the world. And, you know, I mean, I, I think probably coming into the season, maybe people weren't giving you enough credit at, yet, but your your results are showing that you are one of the elite guys and. I mean, a third doesn't matter that Eli's bike didn't finish. You got a third at a national, and yeah, it's just gonna keep getting better. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I, I was reading on the internet um, yesterday actually, and I saw somebody said something about the only reason I got third was because of other people's problems, and I'm just kind of, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> like that's part of the racing. Yeah, yeah. that is exactly part. Yeah, of the there racing. were 37 like, other pros on the track as well. So what happened to them? Yeah. <laughs> exactly and marvin went down and still got second and right he was riding incredible and barsha as well and same with baggett they you know i'm not gonna lie they caught me from a long ways back but (laughs) i uh i kind of got a little lucky on that situation but honestly i don't i don't really care no man that's that's part of racing dude like every at any given moto you could say well that guy got a bad start well that guy you know got ran into by this guy there's always something that's part of the sport that's part of why we love this it's never a given it doesn't matter that eli probably is the fastest rider in the united states you know i don't know you know it doesn't matter because things happen he crashes there's mechanicals if otherwise why would you even line up to race and you did something that 99% of the motocross population will never get to do. That's right. Yeah, so. for sure. It's, uh, it's just a part of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's awesome, dude. I mean, I, I, I think every guy that makes a 40-man uh, outdoor national or any guy that makes a, what is it, 22 in yep. Supercross is, is 
amazingly talented and you're one of the elite top 10 in the country right now and and you deserve it dude i mean you work your ass off it's obvious you you've gotten better every year and well i know you probably don't care about the fantasy stuff but we have enough faith in you that i had you on my fantasy team this weekend so you killed it the first moto well thank you i had a bunch of people come up to me this weekend and tell me that i was on their fantasy and i like i don't know anything about it but i i want I want to get like into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's don't fun. don't no. don't get into it because you can ask AC, you can ask <laughs> oh, any oh, of the yeah. riders that you'll get into it, and then it'll just frustrate you. Just yeah. just enjoy being like 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 the somebody's weekend hero every time <laughs> for that fantasy stuff. Well, the thing that's really cool about it for us as fans, for me in in particular, is I've learned who a lot of guys are that maybe I wouldn't have learned who they were in the past. They won't get a lot of TV time. You start pulling for guys, you know, because you're trying to get max points. But, but yeah, it's funny because Adam Cianciarillo has said on Pulp that he'll be out in the middle of a race because he plays, and somebody will be in front of him that he picked, and he's like, shit, I need to pass this guy, but that's going to hurt me in fantasy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I actually remember last year it was Minneapolis, the first round of the East Coast Series. Yeah. I remember listening to an interview, I think it was with Pulp, um, yeah the Monday after the race and I got hurt in that, in that, um, main event. Right. And he, I remember he said that he went by and he had actually chosen me. He picked <laughs> me and he was like, dang it. He's down. That's yeah. Gonna hurt my fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I need to quit playing because he's the worst. You, you pick in the way in the league we play and you pick four, two fifty riders and four, four 450 riders and at least two or three of my guys usually don't finish at least one of the motos it's bad luck when dark side picks you so yeah you don't want dark side i probably need to quit playing you may be giving those guys bad luck yeah it's bad dude but anyway (laughs) speaking of fantasy stuff um you obviously you probably don't listen to our show one of my favorite riders is you mean dude everybody everybody listens is is baggett and um and I've, I watch all the videos that he's put out in the past about his stuff. Have you got a chance to ride at the Chupacabra Ranch? I have. I went down there last summer for a week and did some testing. Is it is it as amazing as like some goon like me at Dreams it is to ride out there? It's pretty incredible. Like, <laughs> especially to think about the fact that his ranch is on flat ground. Yes. There is no right. elevation. And the hills that they have created... They said that they spent, I think, I think it was like two and a half weeks just on one hill. Yeah, I can oh, see that. Yeah, because I have a every day. I have this tiny track in my backyard that we practice on, and it takes me all day to build some tiny hill. And the stuff they have out there, and one of these days I'm gonna have to finagle my way. I'm just gonna show up out there and just <laughs> like, just I've got to ride that place. <laughs> well, he says that people will just like randomly show up and say, "I just wanted to see the place," and. Yeah, I'm sure. Honestly, that might work out for you. <laughs> I, I, I may have to try that. Well, we've we've warned Blake about TJ. TJ is Blake's stalker type fan. He's yeah. So we've we've warned him. We've had Keeley on the show and hey, Blake on the show, and they, they're aware. The worst part is, is we have a Blake Baggett autographed helmet to, that we're going to do a giveaway with, and um, they won't even let me see it because no. they, they they're afraid to come up missing. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Ke- Keely gave me a helmet up there at Muddy Creek sign that we're going to do a giveaway on. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely. And I have a jersey that he signed too and I, I wouldn't let TJ see that, but hey, so a lot's been made out of your height. What are you 6 like 66, six, six, 67? Yes, I'm 66. Six. Okay, so that's yeah, that's that's pretty I mean, that's obviously pretty tall. You probably get tired of talking about it, but 
Um, do you feel like there's any hindrance in your height at times? Um, I would say yes. It's, I'd say the most part about it is um, my height would – I'm so much taller than everyone that I weigh a lot more. Yeah. Therefore, I don't know if you guys are familiar with my starts, but um, <laughs> they're not very good. Right. Um, every once in a great while, I'll have a good one. But uh, well, honestly, I-, I think a lot of the height is pretty good, like especially – with like so let's say Southwick with the sand, yeah, um, for sure. It's just whooped out everywhere, and my legs. I have so much more. Um, it's like extra suspension. Yeah, yeah. I'm six three, and my speed is just a tick off yours. <laughs> but yeah, I think it helps in the in those situations sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Especially <laughs> like last year when I was riding two fifties. Yeah, I was. I think I was 190, 195. Okay. And pretty much everyone I was racing was maybe 150 and lower. Yeah. So pretty big disadvantage there. But I think on the 450, it's the bikes are so fast. I don't think it really matters that much. Right. Like My question is, okay, so proper technique is to squeeze with your knees, you know, squeeze the tank. Like, I'm a little shorter than you, but I struggle with that. When I squeeze, try to squeeze the tank, and I'm kind of in a squat position, like, my knees are above the tank. Yeah. So, yeah. I, what do you, how do you, do you even deal with that? Do you, I mean, do you notice that, or do you, is your technique just better than mine, probably? <laughs> I don't, I don't really notice that. I just mainly, like, try to squeeze as tight as I can and with make his calves. Sure feet, squeeze with make his sure calves. Make sure that I'm on the balls of my feet. Yeah. Um, but. I don't. I don't really notice if my knees are higher than the seat. I'm sure they are. But right, right. I got you. Now you guys are thinking about it, and Dark Side is going to ruin your whole <laughs> technique of riding. Well, Thursday, I'm, we're working on like technique and stuff, so I'm probably <laughs> going to be out there. Just I'll be. You'll see me standing and <laughs> looking. Right, right. Go ahead, John. Hey, Benny. Uh, John here again. Um, I was at Loretta's a few years ago whenever you were a heavy title favorite in the B class and uh, you cut your foot super bad. And I just, oh. uh, I got to know, that, that that had to have brought the morale down around the pits, I'm assuming. Um, It was, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, uh, I didn't think I was going to race and everyone around me was just like, oh, you'll be fine. It's just, you got a little cut. And I actually had, 17 stitches on the outside and then three inner stitches and we decided to skip practice and i just did the sight lap as my practice and i wasn't able to race both classes but um you know i raced the one and i think i ended up second so it, it worked out okay but i think i definitely missed out on a shot for a ride um back then for sure Definitely. Yeah, I remember you crutching up on the podium and uh, you could see the blood soak through your sock and everything. That was a uh, that was gnarly, man. I, I just remember uh, I was kind of parked back there, you know, in the back lot where you guys were. And I, every time I rode by, it just it just was in my mind like, yeah. man, that's got to be a bummer. I'm a mm. I'm always a mid pack guy at Loretta. So I figured I figured that that probably was pretty tough to take. Yeah, yeah, it was. uh Honestly, you have so much adrenaline in the races, it's you kind of just don't think about it for a long time, so um, it wasn't too bad. 
Hey, Benny, you've won a couple of cool awards over the years. You were the uh, 2015 AMA Horizon winner and 2016 Pro Motocross Rookie of the Year. Do those awards really mean a lot to you? I mean, what, what do you what do you think when you get something like that, when you're honored with that? Oh, yeah, they mean a lot. I actually have both of those um, in my living room. Um, it's to get – especially to get the Horizon Award was – was crazy um i only rode the 450 class at loretta so i didn't think that i would get it because you know the 250a class is kind of the class yeah um as far as a riders but no they mean a lot to me and it's uh especially rookie of the year as well and i i got rookie of the year this year in supercross too um which is kind of crazy but um no it means a lot cool well, I've got just a couple more questions before we let you go. Um, outside of motocross, what do you do to, you know, to relax or like what, what other hobbies do you have that or interests? Okay. So I am like a huge basketball fan. Okay. Um, I'm not good. I was going to ask, I was going to, but it was my next question. Are you any good at basketball? <laughs> I am not at all. I, I really enjoy playing and I really enjoy watching, but I am probably one of the worst players on the planet. Nice. Um, but, you know, I go out there and I try, and it's that's just kind of all for the fun. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Watching it's, basketball is it's, like... It's really a great favorite. workout, too. I mean, it's incredible cardio. If you get, like, a little full-court game going, or even a half-court game with, like, three-on-three, three, man, it's just... It's so much cardio, It's and, and it's fun. It's To me, like, I hate running. I don't really like cycling, but I, I love to play basketball. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. And then also a big fan of golf. Okay. Uh, uh, playing golf or relaxing. watching golf? <laughs> oh, okay. So I really watch a lot of golf. Wow. What? I would say my TV is split 50-50 between golf or maybe 60-40, 60 being basketball, 40 being golf. And my girlfriend hates it because she's just like, it's like watching paint dry. Yeah, I'm with her. But if you play golf a lot, you can kind of respect the shots. And you sure. Can, and you got to, like, know what to look for. Um, but I like I like watching it a lot. Like, I'll just sit in excitement watching the players. I, I've always wondered about that because I've heard Chiz talk about that. And, like, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, man, I don't get it. I can't. I've never even played golf, so that's probably why. Um, I've I've hit a couple golf balls, but I'm terrible at it. But I, I like playing. I could imagine playing it. I guess, I guess there are people who aren't into moto. Maybe motocross is boring to them. Maybe. But it, it, yeah, no. Well, that's cool, man. Well, Benny, thank you so much for giving us some of your time tonight. Um, I really appreciate you being willing to come on here and talk to us. It means a lot to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, and I'll uh, I'll see you at Millville. That's the the only other race we'll get to be at this year. But I'll uh, definitely come by and say hi, and and maybe uh, we'll, maybe we can do a pre race interview or a post race. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. All yeah, right. awesome, man. Thanks, Benny. Thank you. Okay, man. You have a good night. See ya. Dude, he's like such a cheerful guy like yeah i haven't never talked to him or right. anything like that obviously so well and at muddy creek when i saw him you know like i i went up to him in the morning and talked to him introduced myself asked him if he would do an interview that day and he's like yeah you know but I, he's getting ready for practice or whatever he says i'll come back after practice well i got tied up with some other riders or whatever and i didn't get back by there and i i saw him later in the day 
and said, dude, I'm sorry, man, I got tied up. He said, we'll come back after the race. Well, then the press conference went really long. Yeah. And they were all the trucks were almost done, and I thought he was gone, and I was walking to the car, and he was loading his stuff in a rental car. He's like, hey, man, you want me to give you my number? So, That's like, awesome. He's a really cool dude, man, very friendly, and, and like he didn't, he didn't blow me off. Like He actually kind of sought me out you know, to a degree. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. It means a lot, man. Yeah, I like watching. We were watching him this weekend, and I don't know if John, if you really, last week we had a kid here who was like six foot three, six foot four, young kid, real skinny mm-hmm. too, so he looked real lanky on the bike. And we were watching the races and talking about how he looked like Benny oh, at yeah. their riding styles. A lot. I can't remember like Sebastian. I think the kid's name was. And I watched him at Swan this weekend again, and and I just I just can't see the advantage of being so tall. Look, everybody, all the tall guys look so gangly on the bike. Definitely, I, I, but he, Benny, a lot of tall guys to me look goofy on the bike as yes. far as they're definitely, you can tell they're having to compensate in other areas, but to me, Benny has pretty good style for a tall guy. Yeah. He right. doesn't, you know, he's got good style on the jumps and he really seems to use it to his advantage minus the starts, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that like it'd be an advantage to have the longer legs in breaking bumps and whoops where you just have that extra little bit of. Your seat's not, your butt's not hitting the seat when it's kicking, maybe, but... We should have asked, does he even use a whole shot device? Do you need oh. one, as tall as he is? <laughs> he just towers over right. it. Oh, dude, like when Doc was on a PW50, I made him some starting blocks, because they were legal to use, that were tilted forward, so he could push off <laughs> you know, to help get starts. Right. <laughs> it actually Mini worked. dads. Yeah, mini dad stuff. It actually worked, and so I wonder if we get him some special starting blocks where he could push off to get going. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's go to a commercial break, and we will be back with Justin Barsha. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472 or email Shar, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Amsoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Amsoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Amsoil to your friends and fellow racers? 
With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. All right, guys, our next guest is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you're looking for new graphics for your vintage or modern bikes, hit up Char at char at mxgirl.com or follow her on Instagram and let her know the Moto X Pod show sent you. So our next guest is Factory Yamaha's number 51, Justin Barsha. Justin, what is up? Hello, how's it going? Going good, man. Um, we're, we're just sitting here talking a little bit about Redbud. Um, how was, how do you feel about Redbud? How'd it go for you? Yeah, my riding at Redbud was awesome. It was, uh, it was a, a hard day at work for sure. You know, I uh, crashed, crashed the first moto in the start and, you know, had to work my way back away at fourth, which was, uh, you know, a really good ride. It was I, an amazing uh, ride. Not a really good ride. This, this, <laughs> this, this, we're all, we all agree. We've all talked about it. It was an amazing ride. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, for me, it was like I felt like I could have did a little more because Marvin he got up in the second, and I was I was not too far off him uh, after the first turn. So I felt like I could have did a little more there, but it it was definitely a solid ride, and I was stoked on it. And then uh, the second moto was uh, it was really good too. I made a last lap pass um, on Roxon for second, and uh, you know it was only a few seconds off Marvin, kind of just ran out of a little time. So I think Redbud so far was probably my you know best race of the year, like how I rode and how I felt on the bike. So all in all, it was definitely a good week. Yeah, well, we talked to Benny Bloss a little while ago, and we were talking about, to us, from watching it on TV, the track looked insanely rough. How did you feel about <laughs> it as compared to past years? 
Um, yeah, you know, Redbird was a little unique this year. It was uh, the dirt conditions were di different all around the track. There was a lot of sand in certain spots. There was some hard pack sections, and then there was some really like deep rutted spots, and uh, so that made it like kind of interesting, like bike setup wise, because there was so many different conditions, and, and it was extremely rough as well. So there was a uh, you know a lot to you know kind of mentally deal with on yeah. the track so i think it was probably one of the harder red butts so far in the in the last few years it looked that way hey justin uh john here and as far as destinations goes you've proven yourself there in the past uh has roger spoken to you about possibly either being the mx1 or the mx3 guy this year um you know i haven't really talked to anyone yet and uh you know i, I feel like uh, you know, I definitely would be honored to go. I've I've proven myself pretty much every year I've ever got invited there that I was a you know a good teammate and a strong you know competitor against those guys. So I feel like you know if things keep going the way they're going, I feel like I you know I would hope that they would invite me. But uh, yeah, I haven't really talked about it yet, and uh, I know they usually announce around Unadilla time. So hopefully, uh, get a, get a, you know hope I'm waiting on that phone call one of these days. Yeah, definitely. You uh, like I said, you've proved yourself there and uh, i definitely think you've earned it this year and kind of proved that you're you're back to your old self and and running up front where you belong yeah thank you i mean i i just uh i'm really stoked to be you know riding good again and feeling comfortable on the bike and most of all i'm just having fun again and that's you know the most enjoyable thing about uh racing is having fun for Def me. definitely if you if you lose the fun i think you know we've talked about this i've talked about this with eli if it if it gets to where it's not fun it has to be a miserable experience because you guys have to train so hard yeah. and have no time off. And, you know, I mean, you know, you, you've got family that you want to maybe visit. You know, I know you've got your girlfriend and, and you don't have time for anything. So if you hate going to the races and hate riding, it, it had to just be a miserable, miserable existence, I would think. Yeah, you know, I've been through uh, some really bad years in, in my racing career, unfortunately, but it's made me a tougher person for sure, a racer as well. But, um, you know, it, it, I definitely didn't enjoy it for a, a year or two. Right. And, and just like the injuries and the struggles I was having with like bike and stuff like that. And it was just, yeah, it was really miserable. But I like, I'm super grateful for you know how it is now just because i've went through those tough times and it's like you know when race it's fun it's 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 fun <laughs> yeah so we have a obviously we're all super fans but we all ride too so we have group messages that during the race and we're watching the races and when you're on when you're really riding good you are and i don't know if you watch the races back or what you think you're like all over the place the bike dances <laughs> around the bike moves around like crazy and i know as a racer sometimes even for as slow as we are, we come off the track and somebody's like, man, you almost died there. Like, I didn't even notice it. Is that how it is with you? Do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because we're nah. watching you come down some of those hills and just crazy. You know, it's really funny you say that. I, I do. I watched the races a couple times um, after the weekend. And, uh, you know, I come off the track this weekend. I'm like, man, there's one time I rode, like it wasn't on TV, but I rode my front wheel down a hill and it would have been disastrous. It was so, <laughs> so close. And, you know, I come back to the truck and I'm talking to the team. I'm like, man, did you guys see that one? And they're like, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah but did you, you don't remember the other 10? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so it's kind of funny because like everyone sees those moments and like, but there's, for me, there was like only one moment. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Like there's only, you got to really push that fine edge and almost crash to like remember that crazy moment in the race. Cause there's just so much going on. But, uh, yeah, you know, like this weekend I was definitely, um, I was in my, I was, I never felt like I was out of my comfort zone, right. but I was like, after watching it, I could see how like people could be like, whoa, he was on edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, I want to step back to the MX of Nations for a minute. Um, like to me right now, you're one of the clear favorites to make the team. I, I think you deserve it. You're riding your butt off. Let's say, um, you know, everybody stays healthy. Jason Anderson comes back. They say, you know, if they came to you and said, Hey, you know, we want Eli and Jason to ride four fifties, Justin, would you be willing to ride the two fifty? Would you be willing to do that? Um, you know, I feel like at this stage of my career, that's not really, uh, uh really realistic. Right. I mean, I, you know, would I do it? Yeah, sure. But I haven't rode a 250 in so many years. I just, you know, there's such good 250 riders right now that could do that job. Yeah. Probably, you know, j- just as good as me or even better. So I feel like, you know, it wouldn't make sense really. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like the team would kind of have to be guys that are racing right now yeah, and have yeah. proved, all, proved all year that, you know, they're consistent and fast and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like there's just so many good 250 riders right now that that would wouldn't make sense really for them to do fair enough it just it's something that got brought up on pulp and and uh, I, don't I, yeah don't catch don't get me wrong i would i would do it in a heartbeat yeah i love a two, 250 that's kind of my style honestly <laughs> I, I would i would i would send it <laughs> yeah 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 you get back up into the rev limiter a little bit and scare some of the euros Oh, you know it. I, <laughs> I'd be on that limit. They need a few engines. Well, that's right. the problem. Some of the other, they talk about other countries where they drop their 450 guy to 250, yeah. but they don't have the depth that we have in the on the 250s. True. So, I just, yeah. I, I think, like, when I look at the guys that I think, and, you know, my unexpert, unexpert opinion that should be on the team, like Eli seems like an obvious favorite. You're a favorite. Jason probably is a favorite, even though he's been out injured. But, you know, I, I know that he probably wants a little redemption from getting landed on after, you know, having that great ride a couple of years ago. And, and it, I, I can't – I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make the I was going to say, when was the last time – and I know it's here in American soil, but we've got probably 12 guys that are all like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, yeah, maybe not yeah. 12 guys, but, I mean, and guys, we've got a list of guys. It's going to be a hard pick, which normally we're trying to – well, Justin's never backed down from wanting to do it, but right. we've had other riders that didn't want to. So, I mean, it, this is a, a great problem to have. I, I think it is. <laughs> I think it's going to – I really feel like this is our year. And, and then that's another thing. You know, how, let me ask you this, Justin. So, you know, America, we, we expect to win. I mean, we just do, and we haven't won in a long time. How difficult is that to go over there? I mean, you think mentally and, and to come back and not, not, not win and come back and have to listen to the fans – be assholes <laughs> yeah you know uh it is definitely challenging i feel like you know we definitely always try to go there and win but the last few years you know we've always kind of had something come up but like you know it, it I, I don't know i don't ever let like that kind of stuff really bother me like I, I you see it but you're just like you know they're they're not in our shoes really the people who you know kind of kind of bash us a little but right. you know i for the most part, though, I mean, we always go there and do our best, and people that are, like, true fans know that we've always done our best, but I really do feel like this year is uh, a great year to, you know, it's there's never a better time to win it, really, for us. It's American soil. It's at a great track, and, uh, you know, we have so many, like you guys said, so many strong riders. I just feel like, you know, we just got to go there with, you know, a good game plan and ride smart and, you know, not, not blow it. Right. All right, Justin, before we let you go, I got one last question. What What is your perfect day? I mean, you can do anything in the world you want, whether it be get up, go train, go ride, or hang out with your chick, or what's the perfect day for you? 
uh, you know, perfect day for me would be waking up, making a nice coffee, uh, going to the track, doing my motos, and then, uh, you know, coming home, and I like riding my bicycle, so going for a bike ride, and then just uh, chilling with the, the dogs and the fiance, and just having some dinner and relaxing. And ice cream, right? <laughs> yeah, I gotta get that ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it, next year at Dallas, I'm gonna bring you some Bluebell. Oh boy, I, I can't guarantee I'll eat. if I win. If I win, I, I'll eat it. But if I don't win, I can't have ice cream. <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, we said that this last year at Dallas on press day, and then unfortunately, I feel I felt bad when you got hurt. I'm like, damn it! Yeah. Like I jinxed, I jinxed Justin Barsha. Hey, and you got to bring nah. the beard back, man. <laughs> oh man, I know. I, I, I uh, not everyone loves it, but some people do. <laughs> well, here in Texas, we're in the South. The the, the beard is a must. Uh, it's funny, yeah. The beard was cool when I had it. It was big, but now right. like, uh, the fiancé don't love it so much. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you got to keep her happy, man. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> all right, Justin. Hey, man, thanks again for coming on tonight. And uh, I know you're busy all the time. you got a lot going on during the day. But thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. And I look forward to seeing you at Millville in a couple weeks. Yeah, no problem. It's all good. I'm glad to be on the show. It's my first time. And it yeah. was uh, awesome. And you guys are really cool to talk to. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for Millville to, in, a, in a week or and change here. Yeah. It's going to be a good race. Enjoy Absolutely. your week off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. thank you. And you know, when you see Mathis at Millville, make sure you tell him that the Moto X Pod is your new number one. Oh, boy. I will let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great right. night, man. See you, see you, Justin. Later. Thanks, guys. See you. Dude, he's, he's an awesome interview. Always yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you see him sometimes he's kind of politically correct or kind of in a way, but when Weege gets him on there, <laughs> well, he was just as good with us as he is with Weege, so now yeah. we are his new favorite. Yeah, I'm just going to claim it. I decided to save him on the uh, oh, yeah, yeah. on breaking my sister's Damn. bicycle at Ponca in 2005. I didn't want to sound like Uncle Rico from <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. I forgot you had something, man, or I, I forgot. I'm sorry. I it still... sounded like he may have been a little bit rushed, and I was like, ah, we'll, we'll save it for yeah, another time. Yeah, originally I told him we only needed like 10 minutes, and for those of you that are listening, we recorded an episode of The Podium before we went live with this interview, so you'll hear and that. I went a little long with that. No, that's fine. There's no time limit on that, but we we I told him about ten minutes, and overall we probably had him for twenty. So, but we'll we'll post the podium with him in a couple weeks. So I've got a bunch of those in the can, as they say. Cool. All right, let's go to another break, and we will be back with Brian Kranz. That's awesome. Next guest is brought to you by All Sport Dynamic Chris Braces. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces are the helmets for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joey Sivacci, and Alex Ray, as well as Major League Baseball players, NFL players, and Pro Bull riders all trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info or follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram. All right, guys, our next guest is factory Kawasaki mechanic for Eli Tomac, Brian Kranz. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's happening, guys? How you doing? We're doing good, man. It's really cool to have you on here. Um... You're coming off a little bit of a rough weekend. How you feeling? <laughs> yeah. How you feeling after Red Bud? Um, uh, feeling like shit. <laughs> it was it was terrible, man. It was uh, it was a bad bad weekend for us. Really, uh, couldn't have gone much worse, you know. To to DNF a moto and then uh, have a a terrible second moto was wasn't what we needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, losing the points lead is tough. Um, you know, when you have a mechanical like that, you know, it's, it wasn't something that you did wrong. It's just something that happens sometimes. How do you, how do you cope with that? You know, how do you feel about that? How does, and how does Eli react when he comes back? Is he, I mean, he didn't blame you, I'm sure, but like, what's, what's it like? You know, is he understanding? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he understands, but at the same time, um, you know, he's definitely very frustrated and bummed out. Um, it's tough for everybody on the team. We work, we work hard to uh, try to prevent things like that from happening. But right, uh, like you said, you know, it's just it's racing. Sometimes uh, things happen that are out of your control, and and that was one of them. Yeah, go ahead, John. Brian, uh, John here. I I gotta ask, what happened? <laughs> uh the motor locked up um you know i can't really go into into any more detail than right. that but um yeah we had uh a part fail on the motor and and that was that so i uh, got the bike back to the truck put a new motor in for the second moto and off we went well, well it was the bad the bad part about that is and we all know because we're all fans and we all ride the 450 doesn't take a lot of work with i mean it's not like a 250 that's strung out on its ragged edges you don't. It's almost like you don't plan for those kinds. Of, I know it sounds crazy to say that, but you don't look for a 450 for that to happen, and so it is normally a freak deal. Have you ever seen Eli ride that thing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he definitely rides the wheels off of it. Yeah. How how thankful were you for that extra 30 minutes this weekend? Oh, uh, it was nice, definitely. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I didn't even realize that we had the extra time till we got done, and the bike was ready, and we looked at our clocks, and we're like. Holy crap, we got a lot of time. <laughs> that's, that's probably a good yeah. thing, not knowing. You know, it probably made it a little better. Because if you'd known you'd had the time, you, you might have uh, overthought things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we just got the bike back and started working, and that was and that. was that. Right. So, Brian, I, I was doing a little research on you, and I see you used to ride and race a little bit. Um, you know, yep. how did you get involved with motocross, and then at what point did you decide, hey, I want to start turning wrenches professionally? Um, yeah, I just, uh, grew up here in Southern California and, and, uh, raced and rode locally and, and did that till, uh, I was about 18 till pretty much the time I graduated high school. And I just realized, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to, to make it professionally as a racer. So I always had a passion for working on my own bikes. Um, you know, I always had the cleanest bikes out of everybody at the right. track and, uh, you know, that just kind of led me into wanting to be a mechanic professionally. And I went to MMI um, about a year and a half after I graduated high school and went through their program there and um, was very fortunate. About uh, three months after I graduated, I got a job at Yamaha Troy, which was in uh, Valencia in my hometown. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. That was 15 years ago. Well, that's off. That's that's interesting you say that. I didn't know you went to MMI, and I know a lot of those guys wind up working at dealerships and don't guys want to make it as a professional race mechanic. But I guess if you're going to go some, from a dealership to a race mechanic, Yamaha Troy would be the place to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it, it worked out great. I was very <laughs> fortunate. You know, a lot a lot of uh, getting into this industry and is about timing and who you know, right? Um, and I was fortunate to know some guys over there, and they got my foot in the door, and and uh, you know that I just worked hard to get to where I'm at today. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You hear stories from Mathis and other guys where they're living in the box van, they're you know or a eating, garage. yeah, yeah, ramen noodles for <laughs> for for years. Did you did you have those years? Or did you did, were you the lucky ones that you know made money from the get go, or did you starve for a while? Um, no, I mean, I was always pretty fortunate to, to make a decent income. You know, I never, 
I kind of came in at the tail end of the box fan days and right. you know when when all the everybody was starting to get semis and the transition between two strokes and four strokes was happening and um so no I, I was pretty fortunate I didn't ever had to to live through any of those nightmares but um <laughs> you know it it definitely uh things have changed a lot since the time I started to now Yeah absolutely um, so what was the highest level you reached as a rider? Was it, uh, you know, B class, a class? Uh, I was a local intermediate rider. Okay. So B rider. So do you ever get a chance to throw a leg over a bike now currently? And I mean, like, have you, do you ever go out and ride with Eli or just ride for fun? Uh, I ride occasionally. It's usually at the end of the season. Just, uh, I go out to the desert with my family. I mean, yeah. now we put so much time and uh building these bikes for for these guys that we don't have time to do it ourselves you know the only time we have to ride is is when we're not racing anymore and and then uh you know i have my family that i have to spend time with so we go out all together and and do the desert thing and uh for me now it's more about um putting my wife and my kids in my side by side and and uh hauling ass through the dunes or there you go making you know passes through the desert yeah, um, I've said this many times on the show, but you don't know this. We're we're in Texas, by the way. We're in East Texas, but I grew up in Southern California, so I love riding the desert, man. I'm always jealous when guys come on and get talk about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's I miss it. It's definitely a, it's a great time. It's something that's that everybody should experience at some point if you're a, a motorcycle enthusiast. I agree. Um, so you started with Yamaha Troy, and then where did that lead? Um, yeah, so I, I started Yamaha Troy. I was there for a couple years. Um, when I first started there, I was just a shop guy, and uh, that lasted about six months. And then uh, Danny Smith's mechanic um, got moved up to being uh, the suspension guy for the team, so they approached me and, and asked me to work with Danny. Um, so he was my first rider, and uh, that was at the end of 2003 I started working with him. Um, and then I actually stayed with him, uh, through his Yamaha Troy years. And then he went to motorsport Honda. Um, so I went with him there and then, uh, I was with him there for a year and then he ended up leaving and going to doing the arena cross thing. Um, and I stayed with motorsport for another year and, uh, I was their full-time engine builder. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Something different. Yeah. Um, and then that, that team was supposed to fold, um, so when they were supposed to fold, I ended up signing with, uh, factory connection. Um, but then Hewitt came in and, and kind of took over the program and got it re-going again, but I was already committed to, to going to factory connection and I was there for, uh, eight years and then, uh, came with Eli over here to, to factory Kawasaki. Yeah. And when Eli went to Kawasaki, he, he brought you along. Like that was part of the deal, correct? Yeah, yeah, he he wanted me to to stay with him. He wanted to keep our relationship together, and and uh, you know I was definitely all about it. It's uh, it'd be hard to to break up what we had going. You know, we had worked together so many years. We won a lot of races, won uh, some lights titles, and yeah, um, it was a, a great opportunity. When when you were doing the motor building, did you have to travel? Then was that time that you got to be home, or how was that? Um, no, I still traveled when I was doing, the uh, the engines. Um, it wasn't, um, as much, you know, when, when you're not a mechanic, you could come in on Fridays and leave on Sundays. Um, so, you know, you're only traveling two to three days as to now, you know, I'm gone 
you know, five to six days a week. Right. Yeah. So speaking of that, like what is a week like for you? So you race on Saturday. So let's, let's start with as soon as the race is over, you know, I mean, I I imagine you got, you guys help tear down the truck and all that stuff. Yeah. Fly back, you know, Sunday, I'm, I'm assuming is a day off maybe, hopefully. Um, well, it depends. Like this last week, we built before and after. So we we flew out to South Bend on Wednesday. Um, I get to I usually get you know to the hotel on Wednesday night, go to the truck, uh, tear my bike down, and then Thursday rebuild the whole thing. Um, so it's ready to go Friday um, when we get to the track, and then set up the tech on Friday, race Saturday, wash the bike, and then. Uh, like this week on Sunday, I basically did what again what I did on Wednesday and Thursday, tore the bike down and rebuilt it again. So it's ready to go for Millville right now. Man, what? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand how difficult and how time consuming what you do. You know, we we've been very fortunate to have a number of really great mechanics on the show, and you guys don't get enough credit. Yeah, it's. Uh... You know, a lot of people don't understand that. It's you, they show up to the races and see these beautiful bikes sitting there, but they don't realize, you know, the the seventy hours we put in that week to get to that point. So you're saying it's more than just grips and graphics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, the graphics thing would be the one thing that I would screw up every time for sure. I can't put a set of graphics on to save my life. Uh, did you guys like our, how our bike looked at Redbud? Oh For yeah, sure. Yeah, they look good. Y'all, y'all, I yeah. think y'all's team puts more effort into like making the bikes, you know, special for this race or whatever than anybody else I've seen. Yeah, yeah, we do. We uh, we try to get into it, and you know, it's all about representing for the Fourth of July and for all, right. uh, all us Americans out there. Heck yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic weekend to watch racing i i feel bad for you guys for the way things turned and you know and you probably don't care about fantasy but like i i had austin fortner on my team i had savachi on my fantasy team and man just it, it didn't seem like anything went well even march banks went down it's like the whole it was just a rough day for kawasaki all the way around yeah it it really was <laughs> it really was so let's talk about that a little bit there's there's a mental side to the sport we all know that the riders you know look eli, eli there's a lot of people, whether it be fans or media people that say, Hey, you know, Eli has these mental breakdowns. I talked to him a little bit about that at Muddy Creek. You know, they talk about, Hey, it takes him too long to get going when he crashes. And like, I think I said to him, I'm sure to you, it seems like time's flying, you know, what's going through your, your head, but let's talk with you, Brian, what goes through your head when, when Eli goes down, you know, and it, and he's taking a few minutes to compose himself. Like what do you, what goes through your mind? Um, I mean, definitely it gets your heart rate up and it's just, you're just kind of thinking to yourself, get going, man, let's go, let's do this regroup and, and get back in it, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to, to know what he, what's going through his head in the heat of the moment because sure. his adrenaline's going and, and, you know, I don't know how jacked up the bike is as soon as he gets up, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, just try to get him going. Once he gets back up and coming by, just try to keep him motivated on with something on the pit board and, and right. just trying to get him to regroup. Yeah, he he told me, you know, like, look, like, you know, sometimes when you, especially in Supercross, you go down, you're on the backside of a jump. He's like, hey, I'm not gonna just jump back out there without 
composing myself and looking at what I'm doing. It's not worth it. You get landed on and your season's over. And honestly, when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's pretty smart, really. Like, you know, Eli is fast enough to make up some positions if he needs to, and, and he's not being uh, sporadic, I guess, maybe. You know, he's he's thinking things out. Yeah. And that's probably pretty smart, you know, I mean, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I know when I crash in an amateur race, like a lot of times, or TJ or whatever, we're like trying to jump up. You're not really paying attention. You're just trying to get going again, and he's, he's being a very – thought he he has a thought process he goes through it's obvious yeah yeah for sure and uh like you said i mean he definitely when you go down you got to be safe about getting back up so you don't get landed on or run into and make the situation even worse so you were talking about him being methodical and, and coming and and trying to he you know he's fast enough to make up time there's been a lot of talk this week about coming in to adjust a a, a lever and yep. a lot of riders, a, a lot of people have talked about, oh, man, I would just push. I mean, is that something normal with Eli? Is he super picky about that? Is it, I mean, just kind of, just, can you elaborate on that? Because it, for me, I and we talked about we're older, we grew up and, and watched Carmichael where the bike could have had the handlebars wrapped around the tank and he's still sending it. And so, yeah. and, and that didn't always work out for him. Obviously, we've seen plenty of, of of just ridiculous wrecks from him. But can you elaborate more on that with Eli pulling in just to get a lever adjusted? It kind of it was it was different. It didn't look from a TV that it was that that far out. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was the front brake was sticking straight up in the air. Like it would have been pretty much impossible for him to to use it properly for the rest of the race and. And, uh, you know, honestly, I just think as far as, you know, guys not being able to ride bikes twisted up, this, it's just this generation of racers, I believe is just different, you know, um, or guys before, like when I first started, um, you know, there wasn't any practice bike mechanics, guys just worked on their own stuff and fix it themselves. And, um, they're a lot more in tune with their bikes in that way. And, and maybe when they had an issue, they were able to just deal with it and ride through it, um, to guys now you know every guy has a practice bike mechanic and and they're way more spoiled than they used to be and uh maybe maybe that's playing a factor in it but as far as him pulling in um i, I think it was a, a smart move on his his part um he wouldn't have been able to use that brake if he didn't and kind of like after southwick you know or like where his clutch lever was smashed down and he couldn't get it up. Um, I think if he would have pulled in and I could have fixed it real quick, he could have went out and still won that race. No problem. Yeah. I give you props on that because it took you about, about four milliseconds to get that thing in the right position. It's almost like you, <laughs> like you had a line drawn on the bar. You knew exactly where it went. Cause you, you loosened it, moved it and he was gone. It was, that was, that was ridiculously quick. Have y'all practiced that kind of stuff? Uh, no, you just gotta be on point when, <laughs> when the time comes, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think it was a good move on his, his part. Definitely. And you kind of mentioned that this generation of riders is a little bit different. Uh, what's the toughest part about being a factory mechanic these days? If you just had to nail down one thing. Um, definitely for me, it's, it's the travel, um, kind of, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but just being away from, from my family for, you know, a majority of the week, every week. Um, like supercross is brutal. You, you know, we do, uh, 17 races in 18 weeks and, uh, that's eight, 18 weeks of me being gone consistently, uh, you know, five to six days. And it's, uh, 
definitely uh, as I get older and and uh, you know I have kids now, and it definitely makes it harder and harder. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Hey, I've got a couple of listener questions here that I want to ask you. Yep. So, uh, a uh, Daniel Blair wants to know who your favorite uh, rider, oh, your gee, favorite rider of all time, go. wrenching for was. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, you know, with my guy Eli. You know, just because I'm still with him, we won right. races together. I mean, he doesn't get whole shots and then fade back to 15. So. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, man, we lo- love busting Daniel's ball. So that's great. Uh, so, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's been a very good friend of the show, and man, we we love that eagle grit. I think that's the first thing I said to you when I met you the other day was how how about that eagle grit? Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. good stuff. All right, so I have another one here from uh, Vanessa O'Brien. She wants to uh-huh. wants you to elaborate on your uh, diet. On my diet. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know if you guys have any kids, but if you do, yes. um, my diet is a lot like a four or five year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it consists of a lot of uncrustables and junk food. Yeah, she introduced me the, to those a little, in the text message. She, I, I uh, well, I'll tell you here. Let me, I'll tell you what I read, wrote, because if I can find it real quick. But uh, yeah, the the uncrustables. I can't believe I've never heard of these before. What are, uh, oh, the little sandwiches? Yes. <laughs> oh, those things are legit. Oh, you put them in the freezer. <laughs> well, hell, and I know where they're hidden now. In oh, the fact uh, <laughs> she told you the hiding spot. Either. She did, but that's why I, I won't. Get, I won't go have, near. Have you, you have you put them in the freezer yet? Oh yeah, no, they stay in the freezer and then <laughs> and then they have a hiding spot so they thaw. Kind of my my ritual every race is uh, well since Vanessa started and and I realized that we have the same diet. That's uh, awesome. I pull one out for me and one out for her. And yeah. It goes in my little spot and it sits there all day. And when I'm ready to eat it, I do. Yeah, those right. things are epic. So here I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you this text real quick. Um, so I asked her if she had any questions for you because she's been really great to us. And she said I really don't have any questions, but. Uh, yeah, I'm reading through this. I'll tell you one secret though. Ask him about share share his unhealthy diet. <laughs> so then I said, "Ha ha, nice." You know, I said, "I wonder if it's in like mine, which is steak, French fries, ice cream, candy, ice cream, burgers, ice cream." So yeah, it sounds like they're pretty similar. But I'm going after some of these uncrustables for sure, and I'm yeah. I'm bringing some with me to Millville because those, <laughs> those sound you amazing. Should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she, Vanessa's great. She um she's been awesome to us. She she was on a couple weeks ago and. She's uh, definitely one of my favorite people in the pits now. Yeah, no, Vanessa is great. She's uh, been a great addition to the team, and uh, you know she's fun to work with and be around. Well, well, we know talking about the teams and, and, and what you've done in the past, and you talk about the travels getting hard. Kind of made me think. We know that the riders, like, I mean, even a long career as a racer is short. Um, right. And as a mechanic, do you have? You have plans on staying mechanic like you are, like doing it forever, and like being like a Berluti who just can't seem to get away from it. Or are you? I mean, do you plan on hey, when Eli's done, I'm done? Or I mean, what do you ha- do? You think forward like that? Oh, absolutely. I think about it more and more every year. The older <laughs> I get, um, uh, you know, honestly, I, I think once um you know eli and i have to part ways for whatever reason down the road that'll be probably uh 
um, my last year of being a mechanic for a rider. So um, what's your plans after that? That's kind of what I was curious about. Like, are you, do you have a hobby you're wanting to do or are you just going to go wrench on somebody's side by side? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've always had, uh, dreams and aspirations, uh, when I was younger of opening my own shop and, and running my own business, um, and just working for myself. Um, so that's definitely something that could happen. Um, but, you know, other than that, there's there's lots of stuff that you can do on teams in-house where you're not traveling to the races every weekend, but you're still a part of the race program. Um, you know, it's just, you're one of those guys behind the scenes that are, are making things happen. And, right. Um, you know, it's definitely uh, something that could happen, too. Sure. So hey, I got a couple, two more questions before we wrap this thing up. Um, how about testing? How do you how do you feel about testing i mean is it is it cool to you to go out and test suspension for six hours or whatever it is or is that just kind of monotonous and gets old uh testing is is essential to our success um you know it's it's it could be long days and it could be monotonous but it's something that if you want to be successful and you want to win races then you have to test you have to try different settings different parts um and and just run through stuff and, and know that you're not leaving anything on the table at the end of the day when, when you show up at Saturday to race. Right. Yeah. That to me, that seems like that would be, that'd be a really difficult day. Just if you're, especially if you're just focusing on one aspect all day long, I think it would just be tough. Yeah. And, and, you know, testing, uh, changes a lot throughout the year, you know, it depends yeah. on how you're doing your, how your results are and, if you're struggling and you're not getting the results, you're out testing every day you possibly can. But right. like for us, for us this summer, you know, we had a really good base to start this summer from our bike last year, and and we did really little testing. And I mean, since since Hangtown, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think we've really tested anything. We've just run that package, and Eli's been you know dominant on it. So it, it, that's when everything comes together, and it and it's awesome you know it's a yeah great yeah well you're talking about having that baseline set up uh, my son's a team green rider so he had the cowie 450 as a practice bike and he's gonna stick to the 250 this year but we've talked about that new 450 because it's lighter and better so yeah. what's the i mean how much time do y'all have on the bike or have you tested some of the test riders i mean what what's the word on that for next year and when do we expect to see him throwing a leg over that um right now i mean eli has ridden the bike just in a full stock form yeah um and and i mean he was really impressed with it to be honest um uh without us doing anything so yeah Kiefer um, said that motor is supposed to be really good yeah the motor's great um you know the changes they made to the chassis are all seem to be positive so um you know we'll start getting heavy into testing probably right when you know the season's over we'll take a couple weeks off to regroup and then uh and then hammer down on it you know with it being a new bike it could it could be tough for us even though his initial impression was really good it's it's hard to say until we actually get out there on a you know the, a real super cross track or outdoor track and start really burning laps and running through things well um, I, I know how narrow the 250 is and i know a lot of the manufacturers like honda and other companies are going to where it's pretty in yamaha pretty much the same frame between the 250 and 450 yep um is, yep. is that kind of the direction cowie seems to be going with that new one 
Um, yeah, I mean, this this new 450 is it's quite a bit different than what the 250 is now. Yeah. Um, but you know, the 250 will follow suit. I'm probably two years. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be a, a good bike. I think uh, it's it's what Cowie needed to do to to stay on on top of the game. Yep. Right on. Hey, so my last question is, um, you know, look, you guys lost the points lead this week. Does e- does does Eli stress about that at all? Do you stress about that, or do you say it's it's hey, it's another week. We have been the best rider every week. You know, no no issues, no problem. We're just gonna take the lead back. Yeah, I mean, that's our plan. We're going into Millville to get our red plate back and and not look back. You know, it's, right. It, we're just we need to finish this deal out. We uh, we've been the dominant guy. I mean, I don't, nobody has beat us straight up this year without Eli. You know, crashing or making mistakes. Marv hasn't been able to do it yet without us helping him out. So um, we're just going to eliminate those little mistakes, and we're going to get our red plate back, and we're going to take this thing to the end. Well, cool, man, Brian. I thank you for coming on here and talking to us a little bit. It was really cool to, to get to visit with you a little bit. And yeah, I, uh, I look forward to seeing it at Millville and I promise I won't steal your uncrustables. <laughs> all right. All right, man. <laughs> Take care guys. All right. You too. Have a good night, bud. Thanks a lot. Thanks. All right. Later. Dude, the mechanics are awesome. I think they're like the mechanics and the, like I've said before, the people behind the scenes are probably my favorite part of the interviews. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really cool. I know you like the mechanics and I, and I find it really interesting to, hear what they go through yeah i know and you see what they do and then uh, you know the tearing down the trucks and all the different stuff i mean it's a lot of work man yeah they're they're definitely the behind the scenes grunts like you said i mean i know that you at dallas and everything you you helped uh Reed and them unpack their yeah, that was, that was minor and, yeah just i uh, just unpacking a tent basically. i mean well it's just insane i mean yeah. everything that they do week in and week out and like he mentioned in supercross it's it's 18 weeks on the road and yeah and it yeah i mean and i know i i have i've known some people in the past that were mechanics and uh if the rider's not paying them some bonuses they really don't make a whole lot of money right and then like for us we're building bikes for what seven eight races a year and it's everything i can do to keep up i can't imagine you know what i mean what he goes through i'm, yeah. I'm wondering you know i didn't even think about ask i know Back in the day, he probably had a lot more to do actual building motors and bikes. I wonder how much he does now. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, probably not a lot of that because they have motor, motor guys. And so he's it. just putting the bikes together yeah. and setting them up, and which which would save a lot of time. I, I guess that's why they do it. I never thought about it till now. That's the reason why they have a motor guy and a suspension guy because right. one guy just probably can't. There's cannot. no way you could do all that There's in no, a week. No or way. In the three, day, three or four days that they actually have to, to knock it out before the next weekend. Yeah, like you said, three or four days, the bike's got to get on the road. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They're not back there in the back of the semi working, going down the road. <laughs> yeah, that would, that'd be tough. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Even You'd though if, over. if they're looking for a guy, I would sleep on the truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah right, right. Well, cool, man. Let's take another break, and we will be back with Aiden Kiefer. All right, guys. Our next guest is a pretty cool kid that uh, you guys are going to know. You've heard about him. This uh, Aiden Kiefer is our next guest on here he works for Kiefer Inc. testing son of Chris Kiefer Aiden what's up buddy hi guys how you doing today we're doing, we're doing good man um did you get to do any riding today 
No, not today. Tomorrow, we're going to go out to Mumford's and ride. Heck yeah, man. How is it riding with a kid like Carson? He's pretty fast. I like riding with fast people a lot. It's getting me better. There you go. There you go. So, hey, man, one of the reasons, you know, there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but the first is uh, you just did a test on a YZ85, on the 2019 YZ85. You wrote your first article. Tell me a little bit about that experience. I was kind of nervous for, like, the podcast and everything, but I was like, eh, it's going to be good. But the bike <laughs> itself is really good. This year I like it because the Cowie had the power valve. And I've been wanting the power valve on the Yamaha for a while now. Yeah. And now that they added it, I was like, oh, yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that podcast, man. That You did a good job, man. Go ahead, TJ. Thank you. Yeah, so that's interesting you say that because when my son was on mini bikes, he we he rode the Suzuki's. He wanted the Yamahas, but he didn't like that. He he would like the broader power of, like you said, the power valve, power valve bike. And that's why he liked the Suzuki so much because it had a power valve like the Kawasaki does. And it's interesting to see Yamaha and even a young rider like yourself can tell the difference. It's that big of a difference. Yeah, it's really good. And the reason why I like it is like sometimes like I might case jumps and stuff and the suspension on it is really good. It feels stiffer than what my Cowie had because Cowie had a little bit of some softer suspension on it. And the bars are good, power, pro taper, flat bar. I like how they put that on it this year yeah. instead of the curb bar. Oh, my gosh. You sound so much like your dad. You're breaking <laughs> these bikes down like to the next level. He's being trained. So so the, the, he announced you as an employee of Kiefer Inc. Is your dad paying you? Are you getting paid for this? Because you're doing a great job. No, not at all. We're gonna have to. But, you're gonna. But have to he's boycott. getting free bikes and he gets gear. He's he's getting paid. He just yep. doesn't know. No, just, what you need to tell him. Trust me, because I'm a mini dad. Your dad's gonna buy you bikes and get you stuff anyways. You need to get paid for your work. You need to <laughs> stand up right now. Uh, yeah. Not really. <laughs> he gets a roof over his head and food in his belly. Maybe you don't want to exactly. push your luck. Just keep getting that experience and the pay will come. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Aiden, what is your earliest memories of dirt bikes? I mean, I know they've been around your household since you were probably before you were born, but, like, what's the first thing you remember? Ah, uh, first thing I remember, I feel like the first bike I got, you tried putting me on a 110, and that wasn't so great. I didn't run into a wall nice. in our backyard. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then right after that, we got the Osset, and the Osset was really fun. Yeah, so you just weren't really aware of where the how the controls worked yet, huh? The brakes and all that? Yeah, the brakes worked good. I also <laughs> ran into the wall with that. Like the first time I rode it. That's awesome, man. So how do you like testing and breaking down the individual parts and like really paying attention to how the suspension feels and how the bottom end feels and the top end? How do you like that? It feels good. Like, I like it, testing the stuff with my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad helps me sometimes. Like, if I don't understand something, he'll break it down. And it, it's really fun. Yeah, that's, I, I would think, you know, I was lucky enough to grow up with my dad riding dirt bikes. He didn't race. We just rode out in the desert. But having those memories, you probably don't know it yet. But when you're older, you know, when you're in your 20s or 30s or even like we are, I'm in my 40s, I think back. You're going to have those memories of, man, I grew up doing this with my dad. 
and it's probably going to be one of the most special things of your life. So, yeah, be very, very thankful for what your dad and your mom does for you. Yeah, I am very thankful. In the future, I'd like to run my dad's business bigger and bigger. I'd like to help him with a lot of more stuff in the future. And there, there's probably, in the long run, you'll probably be better off doing that. And if you, like, like Darkseid said, you maybe had aspirations to try to be a professional racer and that kind of stuff. But having this testing background is going to be a huge advantage to helping you um, either achieve those goals or, or get a job as a test rider for a team or something like that. Yeah, I look forward to that a lot. Like That's like <laughs> one of my dreams. That's cool. So so how do you manage school and like you know during the school year, school and riding? Look, what's your schedule like? I mean, you, I'm sure your parents make you do your homework first. That's got to come first, correct? Yep. yep. Yeah. So my schedule is I'll come home from school, eat a snack, and then I'm either playing a sport in between dirt bikes. So I played football this year, so I'd get home, eat a snack, and then around 4 o'clock, I go to practice for three hours, come home, rest, and then uh, Saturdays we have games and Sundays we go ride. That's a good schedule. That's a good balance. And it's it's good that you're doing like stick and ball stuff, you know, having other things to as a kid you need to experience all that stuff so that's really good man you you know i've seen a little bit of you on social media in your videos and you you seem to have a really great personality and a really uh you're a happy kid man you you know you you have a great family and you seem very respectful and i love that you uh you know that the shopping carts need to be put back where they belong so yeah that's funny he says that because your dad went on that rant i don't know if you remember about the shopping carts that's why it's brought they they still do it on facebook they still do it on instagram all the time i hadn't seen it but yeah they post videos of people not putting them back i know like like he's actually made me like like uh, like when i go i see people put those that not putting them back i've actually grabbed other people's carts and put them back just because it's like made so in a way i guess your dad's made me a better person (laughs) i agree i I think of him every single time i see loose carts every time he's like Go ahead, Aiden. Go ahead. I have I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What do you guys mostly look forward into riding? Like, what's your guys' favorite part about it? <sighs> Go ahead, R- TJ. Riding with my buddies. That's I really all I care about is is banging bars with my buddies and 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 like I'll cut the track because I'm one of the slower fat guys <laughs> just to get in front of the faster guys just so I can like try to push him in the corner. Yeah, he does do that. <laughs> all right. So, so Aiden, let me give you. I'm I'm 42 years old, so I'm pretty old. Um, when I was younger, when I was, you know, my teenage years and really started racing, like it was all, all yeah. I cared about was I wanted to win. And I was mad when I didn't win. And I threw temper tantrums and was angry. Now it's all about, like TJ said, man, I'm just glad to get out with my buddies and talk smack and tell them I'm better than them. And, you know, like when we get up to the line, if we're lined up for a gate drop, maybe reach over, hit the kill switch and just have a laugh. Because motocross, dirt bikes, riding in the desert, whatever is that's what it's about, man. It's just about having fun with your your buddies and your family. So for me, that's the best part. It's one of my favorite parts too, is having fun with your buddies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll I'll add to that a little bit. Uh I'm I'm twenty six, so I'm kind of in the transition between uh trying to be a pro rider and then getting to the vet rider stage where you, you have fun riding with your buddies, but I gotta say, there's nothing better than ripping a fat hole shot and checking out. That that makes me happy. <laughs> Aiden, have you got a hole shot at a race yet? 
Um, I have one. So it was at the AME Mini Cross thing that Tony Alessi put on yeah. the kids. How was that? That's actually really fun. Like, the jumps are fun. It, like, they do it so... Uh, they do a heat race first, mm-hmm. and then whatever your position is in that heat race goes in the main for your gate pick. Oh, cool! It's really yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, like I have all my buddies that race there, and Tony puts on a great event. Yeah, Tony's a good dude, man. I, I, I that that was a really cool thing when I heard him talk about that on Pulp. That when he was talking about it coming up, sounds like a really cool event. So I got one more thing. Before we wrap up this this show, we got to make sure you realize. Oh, he got questions. Yeah, I'm talking about over there. Stuff. He's got he's got a lot more questions. But I got to say, <laughs> a lot of the kids who have connections from their family or their 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 dad, like you or whatever, they kind of turn into douchebags when they get older. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> You're a super cool kid. I watch you and listen to the podcast stuff. But I'm not going to name names of, of other people who have done this, but you gotta got to make sure you stay grounded because you're going to get a lot of free stuff and a lot of cool stuff because of the connections your dad has, and you just can't be a douchey about it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think your parents would allow that. No, they wouldn't. I wouldn't even, even allow myself to do that. That's good, man. That's, <laughs> yeah, you're, you've definitely been brought up right. All right, Aiden, so I got, I've got a list of different things I want to talk to you about. So you're, you're into football. You're into motocross. Yep. You're into hanging yep. out with your buddies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure you've heard some of the, the the things your dad talks about. How about girls? What's your What's your thought uh, on girls right now? What's your thought on girls right now? I mean, going to middle school, we had like a little field trip to the middle school I'm going to. Yeah, some of the girls were pretty hot. <laughs> Woo! I gotta say, Ma- he- Aiden after dark. Just- <laughs> mm, Mama he- Mama Heather is not. She's she doesn't know what she's got coming. Uh oh. So, all right, well, that's cool. So, but yeah, I'm sure your dad will love. I'm sure he's got all kinds of good advice for you for that, huh? That's one thing I gotta worry about is my mom not finding out. <laughs> my dad doesn't really care. Right. But if my mom finds out, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how mamas are. They're they're protective. But yeah, just just be smart, man. You know, don't don't let a girl get in your head. Motocross has got to uh, come from your boys, and motocross comes first. Yep. Cool, cool. All right, so hey, best dressed or lit kit? Best dressed. That's my boy. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I know you, you love the seven deuce deuce, but I I want to make sure you were on the, the best dressed bandwagon. Yeah, I can't I can't betray my dad like that. No, dude, listen, twenty years from now when magazines are talking about, you know, fashion, nobody's gonna say lit kit. They're gonna say that's the best dressed person because that's proper English, dude. Exactly. I mean, there's not a kit. Exactly. All right, you're a smart kid, man. You're 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 definitely one of my favorite kids already. <laughs> All right. So, um, who's your favorite rider? Professional rider. Oh, favorite rider. What class are we talking? Four fifty or two fifty? You pick whatever. Your whoever guy. your guy is. Ooh, I'm a Chisholm fan. Chis- That's my guy. Ooh. Hmm. I have to say Zach Osborne. Nice. Good pick. Now, have you got like, a chance to meet him guy. yet? No, not yet, but I'd always, uh, whenever, like, he'd win a race or something, I'd always text and be like, hey, congratulations. And he's not, like, one of those guys that are too cool and won't reply. And he'll actually reply. Yeah, yeah, he, you're right. He, he, um, I was telling these guys, like, we only get to go to a couple Supercrosses a year. We're out in East Texas, and we're a small show, so we don't get to go to every race like Mathis does. But at St. Louis, I was sitting in Chad Reed's truck, 
and Zach walked by and he turned and saw me and he walked over the truck and said hi and like I didn't even know Zach knew who I was but yeah <laughs> Zach is an amazingly nice guy he is yeah. alright so um, your dad has talked about in the past this was probably a year or two ago like you know he told you to not go out on a particular track and don't jump this particular double but you hooked it anyway Oh, when, when do you decide that, you know, dad knows best in this situation, but in this situation, I'm going to take it on my own and, and try it. How do you make that decision? It depends. Like, let's, like the jump at Zach at the big double. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, doesn't look that big. And plus, if you case it, I always look at it and say, all right, so look at the landing. And if you case this, is it a bad consequence or not? I looked at it and I was like, no, not really a bad consequence. So I went for it. Hey, that's good reasoning to me, you know, and, you know, your dad, he wants to keep you safe and he knows what he's doing, but he didn't yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, I know he didn't. He talked about it on the pulp show, but you know, sometimes you're a kid, you got to find out who you are and you got to take chances every once in a while. So yeah, I'm sure your dad yep. did stuff that his dad didn't want him doing or, you know, he, you know, he, you gotta, you gotta find out who you are sometimes. Yep. Sometimes you do. All right. Now, your dad has also mentioned, like, hey, he'll give you a piece of advice. Maybe it's a riding technique. And, you know, sometimes as kids, you don't really want to listen to your parents. But maybe Travis Preston or somebody else like that gives you the same piece of advice. And you go, hey, that was pretty smart. How's that go for you? Is it just hard listening to your dad sometimes? Mm, uh, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's kind of (laughs) hard. All right. So when you're at the track... You're at a race. Who is more, um, who stresses you out more, your dad or your mom? My mom mostly. Because my dad knows it. Like, he's riding it, and when he's crashing stuff, like, he's known, like, what to do. And my mom, like, she knows what to do, but, like, not as well as my dad does. Right. So, oh. but, she, but she's a, you know, she's a mom, so she's probably a little overprotective, I yeah. would assume. Yeah, so I, yeah, I got a quick... I'll oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I remember at Elsinore, there was a double and I hit false neutral off of it. Ooh. And as soon as I got up, my mom started sprinting over and she was like, you're saying bolt. She was there in the hospital. <laughs> so, changing it a, awesome. a little bit from that right there, you've got to ride the Alta. It seems like y'all go riding the heels or whatever. And I'm a huge fan of that bike. I can't wait. I really... That's probably about my next bike when I finally break down and buy one. What are your thoughts on that? And um, have you written? Have you? I know you've ridden it around, but have you ridden other big bikes? Um, I think the only other big bike I rode was my dad's 450. Yeah, and I was just in like the front yard, just cruising around. I think that was it. So, what do you think about the Alta? Alta is so much fun. It's not too heavy. It's very light, and like. And, like, we'd leave from here and go to the hills. And we had, like, little kickers out there and stuff that we made off of, like, some cliffs. Yeah. We could throw some fat whips off of it. <laughs> how, how long can you ride that thing when you're just out in the trails riding before the battery dies out on you? Mm, probably, like, mm, I'd probably say, like, an hour, 45 minutes. Oh, that's a, that's a good ways. Yeah, yeah. i yeah. tell you what, the only whips I ever throw are when I cross rut and the bike just does it on oh. accident and i go flying yeah this dark side doesn't whip <laughs> I, mean, I don't nay nay either <laughs> all right Aiden, so i got a couple more questions for you man what what is your best memory riding with your dad 
Best memory ride with my dad? Hmm, that's a hard one. Hmm. I gotta think Is here. Is there just too many of them? Oh, when, it's, when we go out to the desert, and when it, after it's done raining, I always go out to the desert and ride. That's probably the best time. And we'd leave from the house and go yeah. running like some fresh tracks. Nice, nice. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. Go ahead, John. Hey, hey, Aiden, John here. Uh, kind of speaking on your dad and everything. Do you hope to follow in his footsteps with the with the testing and everything, or uh, what? Where do you see yourself possibly heading in the future? I I love to help him with his business and stuff. Maybe one day I can take over the business. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, I, I hear Chris in the background. There we go. That's what I like to hear. And uh, your your dad's definitely one of the best in the business. And uh, he actually kind of pointed me in the direction of the brand of bike that I'm riding now. So you're 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 learning from one of the best for sure. Thank you. Hey, I need what I need to do though is get you in some X brand goggles because your dad he he doesn't he doesn't wear the X brand like he should. What what was that comment? You're not digging the X brand goggles? Those Oakleys are sweet. Uh, Shut up, John. I haven't really worn X brand goggles that much. I, I know that's the problem. Oakley. No, what the problem is is that he doesn't have to pay for the goggles. Right. So when you get a three hundred pair, three hundred dollar pair of goggles that you don't have to pay for, it's it it yeah well, they feel nice. They, yeah, I promise, exactly. I, I promise you, Rich RT would send you some some X brand goggles. <laughs> Well, that'd be amazing. I love <laughs> All right. that. I'm going to text Rich tomorrow and get you some goggles coming. We're going to get you on the on, yep. on the X brand train, and then, absolutely. And, and then maybe we get your dad right. switched over. I'll get you some goggles right, coming. Yeah, because well, we've sent some. Well, Chris has some, but yeah, he's a he's an air brake guy. Thank you. Oh yeah, I no worries, that. man. So hey, um, last thing I really you know, like I said, we've talked about your mom and dad. I, I want you to know, just based off what I know of your parents, which isn't a lot, but I've got a chance to hang out with your dad. Man, you have some really great parents, so I think your attitude of being thankful towards them is amazing. Just know how blessed you are and how lucky you are um, to be in the position you are and, and get the opportunities you get. And remember that when you're a teenager. Yeah, you know, and, and just, <laughs> man, don't ever forget to tell your parents how much you appreciate them because you are that you have two very, very cool parents. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of your dad and your mom, and so, yeah. And then the next thing you need to do is tell Mathis, hey, when are you going to have me on the show? You, meaning you. I Aiden, know. Aiden, you need to be on the Pulp and Mech show. I love that. Steve, if you're watching this, get me on. <laughs> yeah. Steve doesn't listen to this show, but we all listen to his show. I, I promise you. We're big fans. But Hey, Darkseid got Ryder D to call in that last week. So all you need to do is just call in the show yeah. and, and just straight up just throw it out there. All right. Yeah, I'll text you the, like next Monday night during the show, during the Pulp Show. I'm going to text you and say, hey, call in. And, yeah, just call the number. That's what I had Ryder do it because Ryder's a fan of the Pulp Show. And, and I, I promise if you call in and tell Mark, hey, this is Aiden Kiefer. Yeah, especially if you have a good question. Yeah, he'll get you right on the air. and That'd be cool, man. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Aiden, dude, it was really awesome talking to you. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to see you. Uh, we're going to try to come out to Glen Helen for the Vet Nationals at the end of the year. All right. And, yeah, maybe come ride in the desert a little bit with your dad and you, and we'll, we'll throw some dirt on each other. We love that. All right, Aiden, man, you have a good night. And, uh, hey, last thing. If you had to pick between – what's that video game called that you're playing? Uh, I don't play. Fortnite? Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. Fortnite. If you had to pick Fortnite or, or dirt bikes, what do you dirt pick? Dirt bikes. Good boy. Heck, yeah. Easy All right. pick.
I have one more question before I go. Yeah, hit us. Who's going to win the 450 championship? Eli, Eli. or Marvin? Eli. I think it's going to be Eli. Yeah. I'm with I'm with these guys, Eli, all the way. He's right. just trying to make it interesting. We just we had we had Eli's mechanic on before you came on and and like he pointed out, Eli has not just been beat straight up yet. It had to have been Eli, you know, going down or the mechanical he had. He's I, I just can't see him not winning it. Yep. What's your all thoughts? Right. What's your thoughts? Eli. Okay. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, so let's ask. Here's a tough question. I'm sure you've seen on social media the negativity okay. that American fans, the, the people flipping the bird to Marvin, pe- oh, people chanting yeah. USA. What do you think about that? Mm, I mean, it kind of sucks because if you would go to France where Marvin was, they wouldn't do the same thing to you, which is kind of disrespectful to Marvin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're huge fans of Marvin. Yeah, yeah, that's my opinion too. I don't, I don't, I'm not a person that likes negativity anyway. I just feel like if you don't like Marvin, then just keep your mouth shut. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, I know your mom's a big. uh, She's a big football fan. Um, Denver Broncos. I'm a 49er fan, and I absolutely hate the Dallas Cowboys. But I wouldn't (laughs) flip the Dallas Cowboys off or whatever. It just. It, it's just I don't know. It's not how I'm wired. I don't understand it. I just, it's, I don't know what it gets you. Well, that's cool that you're that that as young as you are, you see how much it sucks. Yeah, it's not cool. No, it's not cool at all. You never judge a person by how they where they're like, from. Yeah. Supposed, yeah, like by the like you never judge them from where they're from or anything. You know. Yeah, by by you their actions. Them, yeah, you judge them by their actions and how they are, like well, how they treat you. Aiden, what I will judge is that you are a cool kid. You're a rock star. Um, honored to have had talked to you tonight, and I really appreciate you giving us some time. Thank you. Thank right. you for having me on. I loved it. Cool, man. Well, awesome. We'll get you on again. You know, next time you test something or whatever, or next time your dad gives you a product to test, man, we'll get you back on. We'll talk some more. All right. Okay. Speaking of testing, right now I'm testing the 60 ATR Y2 right now. So the new helmet. Yeah, the brand new helmet. Oh yeah, I'm so lucky. Yeah, do you God. like it? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I'm allowed to say. What? What? What do you think about it? Mm, haven't got to rid it yet. Oh okay. Oh okay. Today, okay. Today we got to have to change some pads in it though. So it fits better. It's too loose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be cool to hear. Cool to hear the your your thoughts on that when as soon as y'all. But you gonna do an article stuff on it, or is it gonna be a podcast? Yeah, it'll be. A, Article, I think, yeah, an article. Yeah, testing dot com. That's right, and owned by Hayden uh, Aiden Kiefer. Yes, the the boss man, Aiden Kiefer, the, the boss of of Kiefer testing. <laughs> yeah, I'm testing it for six D. So that's hopefully... awesome, man. That's cool. All right, Aiden. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Rich Taylor tomorrow and try to get you some goggles coming your way. And um, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll get your new address from your dad, and we'll we'll try to get some sent to you. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, Aiden, man. You have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, see you, guys. See you. We got the best show. Yeah, how exciting exciting was he? That's awesome. Yeah. Just to listen to him talk, like, already, he's already, like, how old is he? Dude, he's going into middle school, so that's, like, 13, 14? Yeah, 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah, Yeah. so that's, 
Like he's very well spoken. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he is twelve. Yeah, yeah. he's that's yeah. very well spoken for a twelve year old kid. Dude, no doubt he, about and he's it. So well behaved and so man, man. Well, that doesn't but, that doesn't always last. I got a well behaved no, kid in there who's a complete turd right you now. You can tell that Chris. You can tell that Chris. <laughs> We're and Heather whipping are, him into shape. <laughs> you can tell Chris and Heather are just good people, and and he's he's definitely got a good. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Support system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can yeah. you imagine growing up with all like like like. Like all of that, like just growing up having your dad being a tester, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, hey, here's a brand new sixty <laughs> helmet." And I'm, I'm telling you, this is a pure jealousy right now. Me saying that because, yeah, I didn't even grow up with dirt bikes, right? So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I was twelve before I had my own helmet. <laughs> I had to wear my uncle's. He's probably got a garage full of them. Who's that? Aiden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Today I'm going to wear this helmet, right? And, and then second moto, I'm going to wear this helmet. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It was a great show. You guys, uh, you guys have fun. Always. For sure, always have fun. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I'll let you guys use my room whenever you need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's part. That's part of the the part of the deal. We get him on the show because he's he doesn't like, have anywhere else to sleep. Doesn't have anywhere else to sleep. Right. He wants to go to bed right now because he has to start getting ready to try to 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 beat Brownie. Right. All right, guys, last time, remember the uh, 42nd annual Fly Racing International Motocross Finals, GNC Finals, are coming up at Oak Hill. Practice will be held on Saturday, July 21st, and the racing will be July Sunday, July 22nd. Follow Oak Hill on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go out. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of opportunities to uh, get your race fees back if enough riders sign up in each class. That's really cool that Kevin Coleman's doing that. Yeah, so head out there, man. Um, anything else, TJ? Patreon.com, search yeah. out Moto X Pod. Send messages to sign up for that helmet. Yeah, yeah. Send me the messages that you heard about the helmet giveaway, and I'll get you in the drawing because you only have a week and a half left on that thing. And not only that, that is only for people who listen. We're not posting this giveaway right. on social media. So, I mean, there's only about three people that listen to the show. So, one of those three people will, listen, will win for sure. Yeah. Hey, and I, if any of those three people want to come ride at South Central MX every Wednesday and Thursday now through Loretta's, come out and ride with me. Yeah, he's got a Loretta's style track, track, right? Yeah, Repl- yeah, Loretta's track. replica track. Yep. It gets beat. It doesn't flow well, just like Loretta's. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and you come would on know out. this. Yeah. Yes, it's not fun, but it's good. Cool, man. Sounds like a plan. Uh, episode 86, that's a wrap. In the books. <laughs>